Hi, friends, and welcome to the Not Your Parents Religion podcast. I am your host, Pastor Robert Young. We have over 30 years of pastoring and mentoring other pastors, 30 plus years of church planting and teaching people how to do evangelism and discipleship. We provide biblical answers to today's tough questions. And today, our question is, why are my prayers not being answered? Jill and I, my co-host, will attempt to clarify this subject on the podcast. Okay, welcome, friends. I am your host, Pastor Robert Young, with my very special co-host, Jill Young. And we're going to try to answer the question of the day of, why are my prayers not being answered? We've come up with three uh, specific reasons. There's more reasons, but three specific reasons that we believe that your prayers may not be answered. Reason number one, you are not a child of God. So how do you become a child of God? Well, we become a child of God by, you know, of course, as we do say at the end of every podcast or just about every podcast, um, the sinner's prayer, admitting that you're a sinner because you were born through the same lineage lineage of Adam and that Jesus is the only one that could pay the price for the for your sins and and becoming a follower and believer and being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's how you become a child of God. And we will definitely give so, you. So wait a minute. Does that mean showing up at church every Sunday? That's part of it. Yes, it is. You That's can, you can still be a, a child of God and not show up. And you can show up at church every Sunday and still not be a follower of God. Of course. Of course. And that's one of the problems with some of our churches today. Too many people there that are not children They're of God. Bench warmers. <laughs> bench warmers and, and uh, agitators and all that kind of stuff. But that's a different podcast for a different time. But today we want to talk about the scripture. Number one, John 9, chapter 9, verse 31, where it says, God does not hear a sinner's prayer, except he be a worshiper of God. If you're a worshiper of God, more than likely you have become a follower of Jesus Christ. So. If you have not done so, now is that time to do so. However, if you are a Christian and you find that your prayers are still not being answered, what could be the reason? Well, let's go down to number two. You remember what number two is? Uh, they're not in the vision of what God has in yes. mind for your life. Yes. Not according to God's will for your life. Now we can tell the little Johnny story. <laughs> Now, okay, here's the story. Little Johnny, he has two loving parents. Let's, let's call them uh, Earl, the dad, and Christina, the mom. And little Johnny. Why are we picking on Johnny? Little Johnny comes to his parents and say, Mom and Dad, um, I want a puppy. But little Johnny is, doesn't clean his room. He's irresponsible. He pulls his, his sister's pigtails. Doesn't do his homework. Doesn't do his homework. Acts up in class. All kinds of stuff. He's just irresponsible, you know. And his parents decide, you know, we want to give Johnny or get a little puppy for Johnny. But right now. He hasn't matured enough. He hasn't matured enough. So we can't give it to him. So they tell him, Johnny, we're sorry. <clears throat> we can't get you a puppy. So what does that all mean? 
That means that if you are praying a prayer, whatever it may be, and is not according to God's will for your life, then God cannot, as a responsible parent, answer that prayer in the way that you want. Now, I know that's a tough thing because part of, I believe, Jill, that part of the problem in America and our belief system is that we've somehow transformed God into from a father to a genie in a magic bottle, that he's there just to grant us our wishes. And when, when, when we can't get our wishes, we're upset with him and we want to walk away from the faith and just doing ourselves a disservice. All right. Reason number three of why your prayers may not be being answered by God. Uh, unforgiveness. In the book of Matthew chapter six, you know, the, the great um, famous prayer, Matthew six, verse 12 through 14. And it simply says, forgive us of our trespass as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And it goes on to say that if you don't forgive those who have trespassed, who have sinned against you, then your heavenly father can't forgive you either. I mean, that makes sense, though, right? If you are holding some ought against. You're holding a grudge. That, You're holding on to hurts. Yes. And, you know, honestly, science has even proved that those negative emotions that linger with us starts to have almost a negative psychological effect on us and you know it's going to interfere with your relationship with your children and other people that are in your life and ultimately your relationship with God well and people seem to feel as though forgiveness would make you weak it doesn't make you weak forgiveness sets you free it cleanses you cleanses your soul so if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone because of some wrong that they have done to you I would say pray and ask God to help you to forgive them. Now, there might be a point, and I was at this point at, at one point in my life where I found it, I could not forgive this person with my own strength. So I simply prayed. I said, Lord, I want to forgive. I want to move on, but I just can't do it. I need your strength, your grace, your mercy to be able to forgive. It doesn't make me any less of a human or less of a Christian or less of a man to admit that I can't do something. That's part of the reason why we ask God to fill us with the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the things that we cannot do in the natural, mainly living up to God's holy standards. Wow, that was a mouthful, huh? Yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have unforgiveness in your heart, ask God to help you to forgive that person or that situation so that you can be free to receive of his love and his kindness and you won't let bitterness and anger pollute your heart and your spirit. Amen? Can I just say that, and this is something that you are so good at, Robert Young, is prayer and meditation go hand in hand. And so when you stop and you really release your mind and your, your thoughts, that can also help you um, just, they, science has shown that meditation helps you, helps you relieve some of the stress and some of the 
the that we all have in our lives right you know, now. You know what, too, Joe? I have a book by, and I have, I'm looking at it, I can't see it on my shelf, but and the book is simply titled How Prayer Changes the Brain. There you go. And it's not just the Christian prayer, but it's meditation and, and all those things that you're talking about, how uh, after a prolonged period of sessions of meditating and prayer, it does, it releases certain chemicals, and over a period of time, they can rewire, help to rewire the brain. Maybe I'll put the, um, the name of that book and the author in the um, podcast notes, because, I, I mean, I love the book, it, and, and we're going to get back on subject in a second, but I do love the fact that we have said twice now how science and God are not opposed to each other. In fact, right. I believe the more and more I study and the more and more I see these research articles that come out and says, science says this, this, and this. And I'm like, wait, the Bible said that a long time ago. Yeah. Now that science has caught up to it, yay. So I'm going to use it. Science is not against God and God is not against science. Now, let's get back on subject. Unforgiveness, if you have that in your heart, please do yourself a favor. Ask God to help you to forgive. And you can't find it within your own self to forgive. Ask God to give you the strength, his grace, his mercy to be able to forgive that person. No caveat here. If someone has done you wrong and you know going to that person is going to cause more and more trouble for you or and or that person, or if it's going to destroy that person, or if it's going to bring some type of harm to that person, forgive them and keep it moving. What do you mean by that? Sometimes, even if you are the person that needs forgiving and you go to, you know, um, when I was a drug and alcohol counselor, one of the, one of the things that they wanted people to do was to go and get um, forgiveness for the people that had harmed. Sometimes going to that person and saying, listen, when I did this, this, and this to you, I ask that you forgive me. You can actually be bringing more harm to that person. Right. So if you realize in your heart and your mind that that's what's going to happen, then you forgive that person and keep moving. Well, and you can always have that conversation with God. Right. Some conversations should be just between you and God and or the police. <laughs> or your pastor. <laughs> or your pastor. All right. Now, let's give you a bonus reason. Reason number four. This is a bonus. It's found in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And I'm going to paraphrase. It's simply saying that it's talking to husbands at this point. It said, husbands, treat your wives with respect and honor so that God will, your prayers will not be hindered because you mistreated your, your, your spouse. So treat your, your, your wife with honor and respect, and because she is a heir, a co-heir with you of, of eternal life. So treat her re with respect. Otherwise, God might not answer your prayers. Amen. Amen. And why would he not answer my prayers if I'm mistreating my wife? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Duh. <laughs> you go hand in hand. Right, right. And how dare you come to God with all your high-sounding stuff, and, and you know you mistreated someone. In fact, right. the scripture says, um, I believe in Matthew, Jesus said, listen, if you're pray you find yourself praying and you remember that you have an ought against a brother, it said, leave your arms there. Go and make it right with your brother. Now come back to God. Right. Get it right first. 
Make sure that your conscience is clean because one of the standards of God, you got to have a clean heart. And if you don't have a clean heart, do what you need to do and then ask God to do the rest. It's not one or the other with God. That's why the scripture says faith without works is dead. You do your part and God's going to do his part. And he is so good that if you can't find it within yourself to do your part, ask him to give you the strength to do your part and he'll still do his part. That makes sense? That makes sense. (laughs) All right, we're just having a little fun on the podcast today. And hopefully we're helping someone out there. Let me give you just some quick notes on some other reasons why your prayers may not be answered. In the book of Psalms, chapter 66, verse 18, the Bible talks about if you have sin in your heart, if you've done some wrong and you know that it's wrong and you haven't repented of that, then your prayers might be hindered. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verse 13, if you do not, within your own means, take care of the poor, then that can hinder your prayers. And can you think of why these things, these scenarios would be um, a hindrance to your prayer? Think about it. If you know it's within your, your ability to help to take care of one poor person or one person that's in need, and you just say, <laughs> and you keep on walking, what does that say about you? What does that say? Right. Right. We should be taking care of the right. people around us. Because would, would Jesus just walk past the person? He's like, no, I'm a. All right. Proverbs 28, 19. When you have turned a deaf ear to hearing the word of God and you just kind of nonchalantly just bypass the word of God and then you come in need and now you want to pray. Can you think of why that would hinder your prayer? All of a sudden, now you want, want some of me? All this time, I've been trying to be a friend, trying to be a father, trying to be a Lord to you, and you ignored me. Now, because you're in need, now all of a sudden, you want me to move. Right, right. And I, I got to say this, and I, I'm not against what happened a few weeks ago when the football player on the Buffalo Bills team passed out and basically died. Right? Right. On the field. And everybody uh, wanted to pray. And thank God that they did. But let's hope that this is a sustained wanting to pray. Right. Because just calling on God to help us when we need him desperately, that's good. But in the perfect scenario, God wants to be able to talk to you all the time. Not just when you have a dire emergency. And can I say that when you're praying in this particular case, and I have to say, I have, I've only heard what one of my friends have told me about this. Uh, apparently, the football player was hit so hard that it stopped his heart. Uh, that's my understanding. Okay. Uh, and everyone was struck in by this blow, and, and he, it was terrible. It, it was, was terrible. terrible. And she watched the whole thing on TV play out. And I could hear when she talked about how deeply it affected her. Yeah. Um, God heard those prayers, right? It, and depends. it, it appears as though he's doing well. Um, it's, I can't say he did or he didn't. Uh, I believe that like there's, there's one scripture that says, listen, don't you know that it is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? What I'm saying is, um, when God, he is not response or have to answer your prayers, 
if you're not a Christian, but sometimes he does to show you how good he is and how much he wants to be in relationship with you. So he may have answered those prayers so that those people that did pray can say, wow, he really is that good. I have no relationships with him whatsoever, but I prayed and he answered my prayers. I wonder if I could talk to him further. That's why he is, goes out of his way sometimes to answer prayers for people who do not, and I, I hate to say deserve it, but people who do not uh, have a relationship with him. How about that? All right. But um, didn't we say earlier he, he may not hear you because right. you don't have a relationship? And when he does hear you, even if you don't have a relationship, is because he's trying to show you how good and how loving and how kind he is. <laughs> it's, is it kind of like, and I forget where I even heard this from, when you pray, you drive around the block 20 times trying to find a parking spot, and you pray, God, give me, help me find a parking spot. And just then, a parking spot opens up, and you park in it, and you go, oh, well, wasn't that a coincidence? Yes. Well, that's America. We pray and we seek God when we're in desperate situations, but then when times are over, uh, we go back to not talking to him. And he's, he wants a everyday relationship with you uh, where you are in relationship with him. He wants to be a father to you. But part of America's issue is that we think that we own everything and we don't need God. We don't want God, except during those times of desperation. Uh, James chapter one, verse six through seven talks about your prayers or you're asking must be in faith. Because remember, this whole thing is about faith, about believing and trusting. Even though you can't see it, science may not be able to prove it yet, but it's by faith. And the scripture says that anybody that's asking anything of God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He wants you to want a relationship with him. And how is kind that of like between a parent and a child, right? Kind of like between a husband and a wife, right? There's a famous line that all of the great love song singers sing. I want you to want me. Right. And that's not so far fetched, is it? No, it is. We're married. But if you don't want me, uh, right. uh, we Are got you some, just settling for me. We got some problems. I want you to want me. That's right. And because I love you and I want you to love me back. God is the same way. He wants us to want him. And let's move on to the next one. James chapter four, verse number three, self-indulgent. You're asking for something that is selfish, that's just going to benefit you and you only. The scripture says you ask, but you ask amiss that you may consume upon your own lust. In other words, you, you're just asking this for selfish reasons. You can't expect God to answer that. Those are just some of the examples of why your prayers may not be an answer. Number one, you're not his child. And if you're not his child, he's not obligated to even hear you. If, if he does hear you and answers your prayer, that is because he wants you to see that he is loving and he is kind. He is not the bully. He is not the, the taskmaster that he has been made out to be. So if, if I pray to have a 1968 convertible Mustang 
red in my driveway. That's being selfish. Well, it depends on the person. It's an individual thing. God is not so much a cookie-cutter God, just like you are not a cookie-cutter parent to your three or four children, right? Right. Each child is different. What do you mean three or four? Well, however many, <laughs> the, <laughs> however many you have. Who are we leaving out? <laughs> you know that one kid. <laughs> and if they're listening to the podcast, they're like, "Who? which one is it? Which one is it? <laughs> just like with your own children, you know that each one has its own personality, right? Yeah. And own likes and dislikes. And you cannot treat them exactly the same because if Johnny has a temperament that goes this way, you can't necessarily use the same uh, um, discipline with Johnny that you would with Susie. It might not work. Right. God is the same way. He knows us and he loves us individually. And he deals with, that's why I can ask for a 68 Corvette in my driveway and get it. And you can't. Right. And, it, and it's not because God loves me more than he loves you. He knows our temperaments. And oh, I'm not sure I agree on this. It's rare that we don't agree on that we disagree on this. But I, I really don't think that praying for a car is within. It's something that God would consider. It's it's well, about well, it's about intention. Just yes. just to I, fill I, you with. <laughs> I intend to drive that car down these country roads as fast as I can. Right. No, I'm listen. Um, God does want us to enjoy the life that he's given us. He is not and doesn't want us to live so stoic a life that it deprives us of joy. And remember, the unsaved are looking at us as well. And if we don't have any joy, any kind of, uh, uh, for the lack of a better term, enjoyment in this life, how is that attractive to anybody? God, Jesus said, listen, I came that you may have life and that more abundantly. I came that your joy might be full. He wants us to be happy and joyful regardless of what's going on in the world. We're not sitting around praying 24 hours a day and meditating 24 hours a day. We're living life. Now, does that mean he will grant me a, a, a Corvette? I don't know, but I can't say he would or he wouldn't. It depends on the person and God and knowing the will of God. And one of the ways we know the will of God is by asking him, Lord, let your will be done, not mine. I want this thing, but if you don't want me to have it, then I don't want to have it. Getting to know the mind of God. Amen? Amen. So in our summary, number two, not according to his will for your life. And I know that's a big one. We've talked about it, but I'm going to go back over it again. Um, when we realize that we belong to God, and that he is our father and he has our best interest at heart and that he knows everything, then we can trust that if he doesn't want us to have something, then it's for our betterment. And if he does want us to have something, whatever he wants is what we want. That comes, that comes from having a growing, sustained relationship with him. Number three, unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, please ask God to help you to get rid of it. Because that would definitely hinder your prayers. And you can see why that would, right? Right. 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 You ever had an argument with your spouse or, or your spouse did something that just made you angry? And then he wanted to, or he or she wanted to talk about something else. And you're like, wait. And then finally he or she says, what's wrong? And you say, well, we need to talk about such and such. Am I making any sense here? Yes. 
you need to get that thing right before we can move on. Right. You did me wrong the other day. I know you might not have meant to do it, but we need to get that straightened out first before we can move on to anything else. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure many marriages can agree with that. The same is true with our father. We need to get some things right out in the open, out, clear the slate before we can go on any further. Otherwise, all your prayers and requests cannot be answered. He wouldn't be a responsible father if he just allowed you to brush that under the table. Yes? Yes. And our number four, which is a bonus one, treat your spouse right. Because if you can't treat your spouse right, who you say you love, how are you going to treat God right? Treat your spouse right with love, honor, and respect so that your prayers will will not be hindered. All right, well, that's all the time we have today, friends. Now, there's plenty of other reasons why um, your prayers may not be answered, but go to God. I would suggest go to God and ask him to show you in your heart what things that you need to clear up so that you and he can have a clean slate and move on. And as always, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time and you've come to the decision that you want to know this Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know that Jesus paid the price for the remission, for the forgiveness of our sins, and you want him today. You can't wait another moment. You feel the Holy Spirit moving in your heart. Then say this simple prayer with us. Jill and I have said the prayer uh, some time ago, and we have a relationship with God, and we want to be able to share um, information that will help you to draw closer to him yourself. So, but it starts with this simple prayer. Father, I realize that I am a sinner. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins because I want a relationship with you that is free and clear of all sin and wrongdoings. Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for the remission of my sins, for the forgiveness of my sin. I receive him now by faith in the name, in his name. And I ask God that you would fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost that will empower me to live up according to God's standards. I receive this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, friends, if you said that with a, sincere, with a sincere heart, the Bible lets us know that your name has been written in a book up in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life, and that you, when you leave this plane of existence, you will see God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, as always, if you need further information or clarification, or if you just want to leave a question for us, call us at area code 585-331-3424. And tune in next week where we're going to be doing part two of what, how to approach God in prayer. As usual, my name is Pastor Robert Young with my co-host, Jill Young. And we will see you next week on the podcast, Not Your Parents' Religion. May God bless you. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe. God bless.